Um, we are in a series called Squad Goals, right? We've been in this for the last two weeks. Tonight is our final week of Squad Goals. Uh, we're glad you guys are all here for it. What, uh, the first week, what squad did we talk about? Your friends, yeah, and we talked about how if you will love them and you will, uh, through self-sacrifice and loyalty, how you can have an awesome group of friends, right? And then last week, we talked about who? Who did we talk about last week? Your family, right? The fam. And uh, we talked about how you can, um, how you, you, we don't get to choose our family like we do our friends, but we do get to choose how. We respond to them, we react, and so how we talked about how we get to, to bring peace into the home, right? Well, tonight, we are going to move on to a third, uh, a third group in our lives, and I want to start with telling you a story. There's only, I think, one or two of us who were here for this story, um, but it's about this youth group. It took place almost three years ago now, and uh, it was a Sunday night before school started after the winter break, okay? So we'd been off off school for two weeks. We'd finished the fireworks, and uh, and it's the last night, right? School starts 12 hours later, okay? And we're out at uh, at Dennis's house. Um, we're out playing basketball and goofing around and stuff. And um, have you not, do you not remember this story yet? Oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah. So so here's 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 how it happened. We were out there. And we were talking about fine arts, and in fine arts, uh, the human videos do all these stunts where, like, the three people will build a tree and an apple. It's crazy stuff. Like, I don't know how they do it, but it's, it's awesome. So we were talking about if we could do some of those stunts for fine arts. And so Tyler is about six foot, and Taylor is close to six foot as well, but Taylor's the skinny one. So Taylor is up on Tyler's shoulders, right? We're, we're practicing or goofing around, really, but talking about practicing these stunts. And so they, they came to the point where we had to figure out how to get Taylor off of Tyler's shoulders, right? And so, so Tyler's standing there, right? And, and Tyler's here, and Taylor's up on his shoulders. And so they come up with a plan that Tyler is going to push Taylor up, and Tyler's going to go forward. Taylor's legs, ta no, he was going to go forward because Taylor's legs were going to go around Tyler's shoulders, and ta Taylor was going to land on his feet. Now, we should have known, knowing Taylor, that this wasn't going to work because um, Taylor's good at getting hurt and always has been. And so we should have known this was a bad plan. Um, but Wes, and so, so Tyler is standing here. Wes and I are literally here and here, right? We're that close as this happens. And, and so we're like, okay, one, two, three, we're going to go. So Tyler pushes up. The problem is Taylor's legs did not get far enough around. Tyler's pretty broad-shouldered. And so if you're imagining this, Tyler's legs did not get around. Um, they stayed right here pretty much. And Tyler starts moving forward. Okay, so if, you, if you're imagining this in your head, you can see what happens next. And that Taylor, um, instead of landing feet first, his legs went up in the air. And he starts falling like in a V. He's like in a V as he falls to the ground of this. It's like this kind of, like this is, like our carpet here, that's about the, the amount of carpet that, and padding that was there. And so Taylor is falling in this V formation, and Taylor puts his hand down to try and break his fall, which is natural. Um, I've broken my arm that way as well, not falling from that high, but I've broken my arm sticking it out to try and catch myself on a fall. So he sticks his hand out, and he didn't break his arm. Um, 
but he did break some of the little bones in his hand. Like, and he had it, you know, it was really bad. And he also dislocated his hip and couldn't, like, walk and missed two weeks of school and a whole basketball season. Um, it was pretty bad. And uh, I'll never forget, went to the ER. It's like 10 o'clock. You know, it's kind of late already for a school night. And so we go to the ER. They call the ambulance. And you know it was bad because they had to call the ambulance. Like, it wasn't like I just hopped in a car. It was really bad. And Taylor's got a high thre pain threshold, but he was hurting. And so uh, go to the ER. They give him two different hits of morphine, which morphine is what they give pregnant women when they're having a kid. And those two doses of morphine did not do a thing. Like, he was still in incredible pain. So they actually had to give him the neck, like the level up from morphine, which I didn't know there was. Um, and that kind of calmed him down. And so then I remember as they were getting him in the truck to go back home uh, at like 2 in the morning, you know, because you sit in the ER forever. And so it's like 2 in the morning, and they're, and they're, they're putting him in the ER and he's and so now he's all loopy on drugs, right? Like now he's not really hurting so much anymore because he's on incredibly good pain pills. And I remember the two things he said. He was like, "Can we go to Whataburger?" Because even in that state, he knew that the only thing open was Whataburger. And he and his dad's like, "Tell Pastor Tony thanks for staying." And so he's like, "Thanks, Pastor Tony." It was really funny, and I wish I had gotten video because uh, it was it was strong. But here's the point that Taylor. Uh, he hurt his hand and he broke several bones. In fact, even now, next time you see Taylor, next time he's in town, you can talk to him about this. This finger on his left hand does not straighten. Like, like he can't, like it kind of stays next to the, the middle finger. It won't, his index finger on his left hand won't straighten. Okay. And he had just a few months before that started playing guitar on the worship team. And when your left hand is broken, you cannot play the guitar. Right? And so you'd think, okay, these little bones, like the little bones in the hand, they're small. They must not be that important, but they were very important, and he couldn't use his left hand for much of anything for quite a while. Now, here's the reason we're talking about this, okay, because even though those bones were very little, they were very important, right? And, and, and that's how our body is. Some of the smallest things are, are the most important and sensitive, and that is how the body of Christ is, okay? Tonight, we're talking about squad goals as in the church, okay? Your church family. And uh, in, the, in the New Testament, Paul describes the church as the body of Christ, okay? And, 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 and so, uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. Again, we don't have the version app, but you can pull up the 1 Corinthians 12 if you'd like, even though we don't have a plan for it. We're going to have some of the verses on the screen, but we're not going to go through every single verse in this section. But we're going to start with 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So we got a bunch of different parts that form one body. Right? It'd be right, you know, because because when people are missing a body part, it affects the way they function. Yes, right. We know people who, you know, who may have lost a leg or or an arm or something crazy, you know, and that affects the way they function. Right? Have you seen uh, anybody seen Forrest Gump? Right, Lieutenant Diane, he got no legs and he has to roll roll around in the wheelchair. Okay. And, and that's the way the body is. When there's a part missing, the church body does not function the way it should and the way it normally does. So tonight we're going to talk about how we can make sure the body stays together, how the body stays unified, okay? We're talking about how you can help unify the church, okay? That's like our big thing tonight. We're going to go through four things uh, and how you can help unify the church. The first thing is this, and don't put it up there yet. Um, the first thing is this. Have you guys, 
Um, now, back in the spring, or like right when summer started, we did a water balloon uh, night. Some of y'all remember we went out to the, to the park across the street, and we threw water balloons at each other. And played. Y'all, any of y'all remember that? Any of y'all were here for that? Ronnie was there. Only You were out of town. Yeah, I know Ben and Sam were there. They helped fill up a bunch of water balloons. Now, we, yeah, that's right. You helped fill up water. We did so many water balloons. And uh, so we had thousands of water balloons that night, like two or 3,000. It was ridiculous. Um, but all of those water balloons came from the same source, right? They all came from the tap in the kitchen right downstairs, right? And so even though they all were different and they all had different purposes and they all had different people, they all had the same source. It's the same way with us. We have to focus on the source. We have to focus on Jesus, okay? We have to focus on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we, all, we were all given the one spirit to drink. So Paul is telling us, hey, no matter who you are in the body of Christ, no matter what your background is, we all have the same source of our power and of, and of what makes us a family. Okay, have you guys ever, uh, anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? No, I know Wes and I have, and I mean, a few of you guys have. Grand Canyon's cool. Um, it's actually really awesome in the winter. Like we went one time right after it had snowed. And so it was a really cool look. Like, you see pictures of the Grand Canyon all the time, but you don't get to see it with snow on it very often. And so uh, the Grand Canyon, of course, it's also more slippery and so a little more terrifying because um, death feels like it's imminent at all times, uh, especially if you're scared of heights like me. But um, so, West, throw that map of the Grand Canyon up. Now, the Grand Canyon is composed of the Colorado River primarily. Like the, that's the main river that runs through there. Um, and I know it's small up there. It's kind of hard to see. But off of the Colorado River are a bunch of little rivers. you got the South Canyon. you got the Little Colorado River. you got the, uh, the something creek, the Shinumo Creek or something. I can't read it. you got the Havasu, Havapasu. How do you say that, Wes? Havasu, there it is, the Havasu Creek. Uh, we got the Prospect Creek Canyon. We got Diamond Creek. We got all these little rivers that come off of the Colorado River, right? But all of them still have the same source, yeah? Right? They're all still the Colorado River at their source. And it's the same way with us. You know, uh, j- just because you might be on one of those smaller tributaries or whatever, that doesn't mean that the Colorado is gone. It's still there. And so just like us, no matter what our our position in the body of Christ is we all have the same source and when we focus on Jesus as our goal we all have the same goal in mind right makes me think like a sports team right you think about a sports team you think about like like football okay football teams so football teams we got a wide variety of dudes right you got your wide receivers they're usually tall and skinny a lot of times right they're fast Um, your running backs sometimes are short and skinny so that they're harder to tackle uh, but sometimes they're like a little more bruising. Brandon Bailey's a little more, he's not particularly skinny. He, he kind of runs people over, you know. And then you've got the offensive linemen. Those are the dudes that get to eat like all the time because um, it's their job to be big pretty much. Like that's their whole job. Uh, I noticed that this year, especially with Trace on the perm, I'm like, wow, there's more Trace than there ever was before. Like Trace got a lot bigger this year. But he's like one of the stalwarts of the offensive line for Permian this year. So he kind of has to be, right? And then you've got your linebackers who are kind of medium height, but they're stocky a lot of times, or, and they're kind of solidly built because they get to tackle dudes. And so we've got all these guys. You've got the kicker who's just like nothing. He's just like little and skinny usually, and uh, he can't run real fast or nothing, but he can kick far. Um, that's why they go get the soccer players to be the kickers. Uh, I always think of Martin Gramatica, who was, a, who was the kicker for the uh, 
the Tampa Bay Bucks when we lived in, t- in Tampa. And, uh, man, that dude was, like, tiny. And it was so funny because every time he made a field goal, he would jump, like, 12 feet in the air. Like, he, he, he would do this humongous celebration. And that was the only time he was ever even close to as tall as anybody else on the team But because uh, he was little. And so football teams are a bunch of different people, a bunch of different sizes and shapes and things like that, but they're all working towards the same goal, right? They're all trying to win the championship or win the district or win the district or the division or whatever it may be. And so it's kind of like that. It's our, you know, our job to stay focused on the goal, on Jesus, and to help those around us do the same, right? To encourage them to stay focused on on, a, on the source, on Jesus. And this also kind of answers the question of why do we need to unify the church? Because we didn't really talk about that. Okay? Um, you know, unlike your family and your friends, uh, the church family, the church squad, has a big picture goal. Right? Your friends, you hang out, you have fun, but you don't really have something that you're working toward unless you're on a team together. But, and the same thing with the family. Like, a lot of times, we don't have, like, a specific thing that we're working towards. But as the church, we are working to make our family bigger, right? Like that's the church job basically is go into all the world and make disciples, which means make your family bigger, right? Bring more people into the church. Um, And we can't do that if we're not unified. Like if we're all bickering and fighting and arguing amongst a team, you don't want to be on a team where everybody's beating the tar out of the people in the same team. Not, Not awesome. And so, so that's why we need to be united. Here's the second thing you can do to help unify the church is serve where you can serve. You know, um, and I'm glad that uh, Chris and Cassandra came up tonight to talk about that because it, it, it worked out that that was not, like we didn't plan for that to go with the sermon, but it did. You know, you guys have the opportunity to, to serve in the kids' ministry. And some of you guys, especially those who grew up in the church, know how important kids' church is. Um, and so... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And so, because here's the thing, even with our body, like some body parts get more publicity than others, right? Like what's a more famous body part? Face, shoulder, hands, huh? Epidermis. Anybody know what the epidermis is? It's the skin, yeah. Somebody said legs. Your epidermis is showing. DC Talk lyric too. What? Your abs, okay. Your abs might get... Yeah, okay, but, but we don't talk a lot about the kidney, right? The kidney doesn't get a ton of, doesn't get a ton of play, you know? Uh, say what? It happens a lot. Kidney stones. Yeah, some people do get kidney stones. But, yeah, we don't talk about the about either gallbladder. That's another one. We don't talk about those until they screw up, right? Like until, they're, until something's wrong, the pancreas is another one. But they're all super important, Okay. And that's how the body of Christ is, too. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 17 says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, which is a weird visual, like if you're thinking about that in our head, I tried to find like a cartoon of this and couldn't even, anyways. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So even Paul is saying, just like your body needs all the different parts, even though some of them get, get more publicity than others, that's how the church is, right? You got people who get to hold the microphone and the pastors and worship leaders or the, the musicians who are up on stage every Sunday, you know. Um, or you get the greeters who shake everybody's hands maybe, you know. But, man, I tell you what, there's things like, you know, no, no matter what you do to serve, 
You are super important, okay? I think about Joseph. Uh, Joseph Pate is our tech guy here. Uh, he helps run sound, but his kind of primary thing is that uh, computers and our live streaming. Right now, our live streaming here at the church on Sunday mornings is getting bigger. We get more people every week. Um, and he spent a ton of hours setting that up. He came in and ran cable, and he, you know, he, he learned how to do it. He, he, he did all these things. He worked a long time on how to set up the live streaming. And he is, like, way smarter than me at computers. Like, every time we talk about computers, I feel dumb. Because uh, he, he'll, he, he'll use terminology, and I'm like, um, can you speak English? Because I didn't get that. You know, like, he's really smart, and yet a lot of people don't know who he is because he, he's in the back of the sanctuary. He's back there behind the, you know, the soundboard. And so you, if you didn't really know who he was, you wouldn't even know how much he does and how hard he works. But he's really important as a part of what the church does. And so no one person is more important than anybody else in the church. You know, the people who stack chairs and put up tables are just important as people who get mics. Okay, and 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 first Corinthians 12 talks about this in verses 22 and 23. It says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Now, a needle to the arm hurts, right? Like nobody really likes to get shots necessarily. Um, But, you know, our skin has a certain level of toughness naturally. And so we can kind of handle that. Um, but there are other parts of the body that are more, more tender, and this picture might gross a few of you out, but, um, see, a needle to the eye is a lot worse than a needle to the arm, right? Right? Okay, put that, put that down. Um, you can take that away. Because even though it may seem weak and fragile, it's very important, right? Like, yeah, it may not be as strong, but the eyes are very, very important. And in the same way, no matter what is going on in the church, uh, no matter how you're serving, what you're doing, it's important, you know. And uh, and so I want to encourage you guys to serve somewhere, you know. Like we, we talked about the kids' ministry, and uh, we always need people to run projection in here and on Sundays and um, those kind of things, you know. And uh, so, so and if you want to help, there's babysitting stuff that needs help with, all kind of things you can do to help and serve. Here's the third thing we can do to unify the church, and that is feel what others are feeling. Okay, the 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So, uh, you know, when, when we have a bad day, the people in the church is part of our, our calling as church members and as, as members of the body of Christ to, uh, to, to, to mourn with those who mourn is another way it says it, okay? And rejoice with those who rejoice, you know? When people are having a bad day, it's our job not to necessarily be like, oh, well, everything's good in my world, you know, but it's okay if we mourn with them. And we rejoice when things are going good. I remember, and it's a story I've told before, I don't know, in here, but two years ago almost, or a little more than two years ago, um, I was in the sanctuary one day working, and it was springtime, and Audrey, uh, who's, of course, graduated now, she's at A&M, but she texted me, and it was just a simple text. It was like, hey, I made black magic. Um, she had tried out. It was a big deal. We'd worked on our audition and for a while and all these things. And so she made this audition choir. And I remember um, I got so happy because I had helped her and I was kind of invested in it um, that I started to cry a little bit. Of course, you all know I cry at everything nowadays. But, um, but I did. Like I got a, cause just because I was so happy for her, you know. 
And, and that's exactly how we're called to be, man. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And here, oh, no, we've got a video for that, too. So before we hit the video, um, we, y'all may have heard that, uh, oh, the lights went anyways. That's okay. Uh, you may have heard about how twins sometimes, and our twins aren't here tonight, but uh, how twins can feel what the other one feels. You guys ever heard of that? And it may not be quite that literal. You know, if you get a broken arm, my arm's probably not going to hurt. Um, but mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. And here's the last way, and this kind of goes back with what we talked about with uh, friends and family. Um, and I think this is the most important thing when it comes to ha- having good relationships with others, and that is put others first. See, the end of this chapter, the last line in the chapter, Paul writes, and I will show you the most excellent way. And that immediately leads into 1 Corinthians 13. Anybody know what 1 Corinthians 13 is? The love chapter, yeah. And love is all about putting others first. Patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness, uh, does not envy, does not boast. These are all about putting others' needs ahead of yours. And so uh, what I want to kind of end with there is, is, is just that, that, you know, in all of our relationships, in the church, in the family, and in the friends, when we put the people around us, their needs and their desires in front of us, uh, and if, you know, when everybody's doing that, everybody gets taken care of and, and our, uh, our groups, our, our squad is better for it. And so uh, we're going to close. I want to, it's a little bit after eight, so I know it's time to, to kind of end here, but um, we're going to pray for our church, okay? And I want to, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to um, ask any of y'all to pray this week like I did on the spot last week, but, but I'm going to pray for the church. I want you to pray for the church. Pray for those needs we talked about earlier. Right. Pray for uh, Pastor Todd. Pray for myself, man. Y'all, you know, I I need your prayers. OK, um, my job is awesome, but sometimes it's hard, too. And so uh, your, your pastors need your prayers. And so um, pray for those around you. Pray for the other leaders in the church, uh, you know, and, and and because when we pray for each other, we, we put each other first. Uh, we'll find that that our church squad will be all the better for it. We'll continue to be more effective in our in our common goal. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this church. God, I thank you for every student that's here. I thank you for every um, for every family that's represented here, every group of friends that's represented here. Lord, I pray that our church body, God, would be more effective. Lord, let us be unified. Let us not be uh, pulled down by squabbling and by... Uh, God, by infighting and by bitterness, Lord, but let us seek to glorify each other and put each other first. And uh, in doing so, put you first, Lord, and draw that people would be drawn drawn to you and to our body. God, we know that it is our goal, it is our primary task to make our family bigger. And so I pray that that would happen. I pray that we would reach the people around us and they would be drawn to uh, to our church by the way we treat each other and the way we love each other, God. And I just pray that you would um, be with those, uh, those members of our family, our church, that are struggling right now and that are going through hard times and that are dealing with physical illnesses and issues. And, um, God, that, that you would have your hand in every situation. Be with us as a youth group, Lord. Be with every student as they're in school. Um, God, and that they would uh, be a light to their school and that they would not be overly stressed out and that they would be blessed uh, in their school and in their, in, in, in their relationships. God, we love you and we thank you, God. It's in you and we pray. Amen.